Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. We could try to explain what it feels like to get your work done on a John Deere. The way a Z-Track mower finishes in half the time you thought it would. Or how much easier it is to move mountains of soil with a 1-Series tractor. We could even go into detail about how it feels to tow up to 4,000 pounds behind a Gator XUV. But if you really want to know what it's like to run with us, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash seat or visit a dealer near you. Welcome to the Monday Scramble Podcast. Don't tell me how to hold the phone. Rex Hogger with my wheel man, Ryan Lander, on our way. Literally, we are on the road to Augusta, Rex. On the road to Augusta. Exit 366 in Florida, which is about four hours from Augusta, if I'm doing the math right. Yeah, it's been math. taking way too long. Let's just put that out there. Taking way too long. I don't think we're going to find anybody. It's going to feel bad for us heading on to Augusta. Let's get into it real quick. We talked about this a few days ago on the show. But has your mind changed as far as favorites? Has my mind changed in terms of favorites? A little bit. I mean, it hasn't changed in the past week. But I think certainly during the Florida swing, we had some uh, changes in who you'd say as a favorite. Once we left California, Rex, you had to say that Bubba Watson was the guy to beat, right? I still say Bubba Watson's the guy to beat, but go right. on. But you have to throw Adam Scott in the mix. You certainly have to throw Jason Day in the mix. And even Bubba, who was your number one favorite, suffered a little bit of a back injury. He had the WD from Bay Hill, didn't play all that well at the match play. So now there's even some questions about Bubba Watson. And I see what you're saying about Bubba, but I got out of the Bubba doubting business a long time ago simply because when he won his first green jacket, I thought, well, this is an outline. This isn't going to happen every single year. There's no way he can do what he did to that golf course. And he's just proven that he has the ability to play a different golf course when he gets there. He takes angles. He can do things on that golf course that the majority of the rest of the field cannot do. Now, I agree with you as far as when you look at a guy like what Jason Day has done the last two weeks. Obviously, impressive victories at Bay Hill and the Match Play Championship. I'm still not soured. Again, we talked about this on Monday, but... Will Gray was very sour on where Roy McIlroy's game was. Hmm. And I don't really have a problem with where his game is. I actually think he's trending in, in all the right places, to be quite honest with you. Because I'm not going to say that Jason Day is going to be tired and that's going to impact him. But if you're going to talk about energy levels when they drive down Magnolia Lane, you have to look at what Jason Day has gone through the last two weeks versus what Roy McIlroy has gone through the last two weeks. I certainly think Rory would have liked, and he said that he would have liked, to have a, a win under his belt before he gets to Augusta. That was really his big goal for the first three or four months of this season. But I think the fact that Jordan Spieth's the defending champion, Jason Day is coming in as the world number one, even Adam Scott and Bubba Watson, like we talked about, have some buzz. There isn't a whole lot of people talking about Rory, and that can certainly take some of the pressure off. Yes, he's going for the career Grand Slam, but when you're looking at the number of stories next week, he's probably third or fourth best in terms of stories. I think that's going to benefit Roy McIlroy. Well, and I think with the career Grand Slam sitting right there, I mean, obviously the pressure will be off in some ways because 
this will be the second year that he'll be trying to co complete that career Grand Slam. And as you pointed out, there's a lot of other things now taking up headline space. We're talking about a lot of other things, and I think that's actually going to help Roy a little bit. And when you look at this, and I want to get your thoughts on this, because when you look at, okay, who has the best game for Augusta National among the top players right now, it's easy to say Bubba because he can, as a left-hander, move the ball from right to left. For him, it's a fade. It's easier to control. I would actually go down the path of Rory because when you see him driving the ball like he has done in the past, like he drove the ball at Congressional when he won the U.S. Open and Kiowa when he won the PGA Championship, it's a very high draw that he can control, and he hits it further than anybody, it seems like, on the planet. So I think as far as the pure game to compete at a golf course that we know so well, you'd have to give Rory the nod. Oh, from a ball, ball striking perspective, certainly. I think Rory's going to be tested like he hasn't been tested yet on those stressful greens at Augusta National with the cross-handed putting. He's only been doing it now for a couple months. He certainly appeared shaky, and he probably should have beat Jason Day head-to-head -head at the match play if he could have made a few more putts inside eight feet. So this is going to be the ultimate stress test for Rory on the greens. But, yeah, Rex, you're, you're right. From a ball-striking perspective, the way they can hit those high-towering uh, drives, sky-high irons into those into those greens is certainly going to be beneficial. But I think when you're looking at the complete package of a player who can, should, and will win at Augusta National, it's Jason Day. It's just the total package between ball striking and short game that really puts Jason Day, when he's on, in a league really all of his own. It was interesting, uh, more traffic, by the way, for anybody that really cares on I-95 heading north. It, it was interesting. When I was in Abu Dhabi earlier this year, I was talking with some people, and I had an idea for a column that, and at the time, keep, keep in mind that it was Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, one and two in the world. And the question was, who has the best game? When it comes, when they both have their A games, who's going to win that matchup? And out of the blue, someone just said, "Well, I, I think you're forgetting Jason Day." He said, I, "I this person," and I ended up running into others who said that he thought Jason Day had the most complete game as far as tee to green, what he does, the the length of putts he makes now is incredible. I mean, everybody's default answer for the past couple of years has been Rory because you saw what happened at Congressional, you saw what happened at Kiwa Island. He's the default answer because we've seen it and all he can do is just point to the eight-shot wins in the majors. Jason Day seems to bring that high level of play more consistently than Rory. Yes, Rory's best, quote-unquote, may be better than Jason's, but it doesn't really do him much good if he doesn't unlock it as often as he should. And the right weeks. In, in, in the right weeks, of course. Now, as far as Jordan goes, haven't really talked about him. Any concerns? I think you have to have some concerns. I mean, he has, I think, six or seven over-par rounds now in his last 14 uh, heading into the Masters. That's certainly not uh, a trend that you'd like to see going into the year's first major. But all the way back to junior golf, he just seems to have an ability to rise to the occasion in the biggest moments. So I, I really would be surprised if he just kind of laid an egg and did not contend. There's something about him that when that spotlight is on and it's really going to be shining brightly at Augusta National I think he's going to find something and I would certainly expect him to be in the mix come Sunday Fatigue been an issue so far this year in your opinion? We were just talking about this, don't change your answer now that we're on It has to be It has to be a, a, a factor, I mean he's been globetrotting all, all across the country he's already said that he's not going to do it again, that, that leads you to believe even if he's not going to admit publicly that he has some regrets about his early season schedule he has to have 
some doubts about whether it was the right thing for his year. And, and Rex, you, you know it as, as well as anyone traveling 20, 25 weeks a year. On the road, there's just no time to catch up this year. So if Jordan Spieth is fatigued on April 1, what's he going to look like in, on August 1st? I mean, we're going to get to Texas. We're going to get to the Players' Championship. Before we know it, we're going to be in that stretch where we're going to have three majors, I think, in a five-week period. So you're absolutely right. Then you start looking at the Olympics and the FedEx Cup playoffs and the Ryder Cup. Cup. There's just no time to catch up. Yeah, there is no time to take a breath as, as far as what he has to look forward to. But I think you're right. I, I think this place, he, he's almost gone into that field category as far as what Augusta means to him and what it's able to do to his game. I mean, I truly believe that even if he drives down Magnolia Lane and doesn't have his best stuff, he's still going to find a way to contend. Talking about Phil, could this be one of those resurgent years? I mean, would you? Uh, I can't say I'd be surprised, but if he's in contention late on Sunday, hoist another green jacket. Uh, where does that rank in Phil's career? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be one of the best. And, and don't forget, he hasn't won in almost three years now. It's really been uh, quite a, quite a drought since since Muirfield, but. You can actually enter the Masters now with some sense of optimism from Phil, and it's not just misguided and you feel like he's, you know, once he drives down, down Magnolia Lane, he's just going to turn a switch. He's actually shown some good golf. Had a 54-hole lead at Pebble Beach. He's been playing consistent golf. Had a nice week at Doral as well. So, so Rex, certainly you could see him getting in the mix for a fourth green jacket. I'm not sure if it is going to be his time. He's, he's cooled a little bit since the West Coast swing, but... Wouldn't surprise at all if he's in the mix, would it? How many times are we on our way to Augusta talking about a guy that's not in the field? Not very often. Not very often. You know where I'm going with this, right? Well, it's actually the second time in three years, but go go on. Go on. Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods makes the announcement. He will not play the Masters. I think it would have been news had he made the announcement that he'd be in the Masters. The fact that It wouldn't have been just news, Rex. It would have been shocking news. It really would have, because, I mean, by all accounts, and again, we don't know what goes on behind the gates in South Florida. You, you really don't know. Last thing, the only thing we've seen is him hitting a 9-iron in a simulator. Well, so I saw, him, I saw him three or four weeks ago in Houston, and while he wasn't writhing in pain, he certainly looked uncomfortable. He didn't take any full shots. So to suggest that he was going to be playing in the Masters three or four weeks later was was insane to me. I don't know. He looked pretty spry, high-fiving the kid that made the hole-in-one on the little tiny course. He looked halfway decent. Well, he can certainly move, but that's a whole lot different than, than lashing at a driver 125 miles an hour. Absolutely. And again, I know it's he's always going to create headlines. It's Tiger Woods. He certainly has earned that right with what he's done in his career. So it's always worth talking about. But it goes back to the idea that there have been no indications whatsoever that his game was ready for the PGA Tour, let alone a major championship. Now, he has done it before, and he's done it with some success before, but I think this time is different. This time, clearly, he's following doctor's orders a little bit more. He's being a little bit leery, and it's completely understandable when you consider that if the alternative is three months from now, we're right back at square one. That's not worth. That's not a road worth going down. No, it'd be. It really would be shocking to see him play really any tournament golf in 2016. There's no point in rushing back too soon if you're just going to go up and shoot some 85. So, I think the fact that he's taking doctor's orders for once, and he knows he can't come back from a fourth back surgery, Rex. This is literally his last shot. So if he screws it up, his career is over. I don't think there's any debating that. So he's making the prudent decision to sit out and really when you look at this Masters field, it might be the one time that you're not necessarily going to miss him. A lot of great players have already picked up wins. You have Masters champions with wins. You have major champions with wins. You have 
Rory, even though he hasn't won, playing some good golf. So I think if there's one year that Tiger can miss and his absence won't really be felt at Augusta, this is probably that year. Well, and you can't, you couldn't ask for a better scenario. By the way, at 75 miles an hour, what's the safe distance you should be behind the behind the town in front of you? <laughs> Probably more than this. It's yeah, 7.5 cars. I think it is. Do you think you're 7.5 cars right now? Backseat driver, just continue with the podcast, side, please. Side street, side driver, right here. No, I, I think the one thing that I'll keep going back to is that it, golf is in a place right now where, if this would have happened five years ago we'd all been shaking our head thinking, you know, well, where do we go from here? Uh, I think it would have cast a pall over the t- entire proceedings. It happened, that, it happened in 2014 when he missed because of back surgery. Absolutely. And I think this time around, it, it is different. It's not as though Tiger won't be missed and Tiger wouldn't do something very, very special to this tournament if he were in it. But the fact is, it's a best-case scenario for golf right now with the players that you have playing so well. We haven't even mentioned Ricky Fowler. Mm. I mean, and he is off to a very, very good season. One earlier this year in Abu Dhabi. He's had some solid finishes. The other one I wanted to get from you as we inch our way closer to Augusta National is last year, Jordan Spieth was a first-time major winner at Augusta. That does not happen very often. If you had to pick a first-time major winner for this week's event, what road would you go down other than I-95 North? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think I think Ricky's Ricky's the most obvious choice. It seems like the only thing left on his uh, career resume that he has yet to pick off, and he seems to be trending in the right direction. As, as you've mentioned, he does have some nice finishes. Dustin Johnson would be another player. He seems to be rounding into some good form. He's playing well here uh, in Houston after an encouraging performance at the match play, and he has also uh, had a good result at Doral. Best finish of his career at Augusta National last year. I know he's had some heartbreak in, in majors, and it's going to come down to whether he can shake in enough putts on Sunday. But Dustin Johnson, we talked about earlier, from a ball-striking standpoint, a guy who can hit it really high, a guy who can hit it close to all those pins that are certainly going to be tucked on the weekend, Dustin Johnson's one of those players. Moves it right to left, and as you pointed out, he had his best showing ever at Augusta last year. I think it's a place where he's finally getting comfortable because let's face it, other for guys not named Jordan Speed, it's hard to feel comfortable at Augusta National. They do that by design and he would probably be 1B on my list. 1A, I'm actually going to take a complete flyer here and go with Brooks Kepka simply because I would put him into that category where, you know, we're kind of stereotyping players now. We're looking for the five tool guys, but again, hits a very 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 high ball, moves it from right to left, and when he's putting well, you would put him in that category with a Jason Day. Now, it doesn't happen nearly as much as it happens yeah, with Jason. That's the problem. Yes. I mean, he needs to catch lightning in the bottle at the right moment for that to work out. But I think he would be the guy that I would certainly look to as a you know first-time major winner. This is a hard place to win a major for the first time. It is, and you also don't see, besides Jordan Spieth, a guy have much success if he doesn't have a lot of course knowledge. And Brooks Kepka now just, in, just a second Masters, does not have a lot of course knowledge. Now, he can pick it up from other guys, and he can do some research on his own, and I'm sure he's headed to Augusta to do some scouting reports, but it is tough, Rex, if, you, if you're not as comfortable around the place as some of the veterans, uh, you're typically going to struggle. A couple guys in the mix at the Shell Houston Open, as you pointed out this week. How important is it to come off, maybe not a win, let's say a top five finish, going into a major? I think it's very important. You can see what happened last year with, with Jordan Speed. He lost in the playoff at Houston. He also played well uh, the previous week in San Antonio, coming off his win in Tampa. So I do think it's important. You don't want to be 
coming off a, a missed cut. One of the players who I really thought uh, could have been a quote-unquote sleeper at the Masters before his play at the match play was, was Louis Oosthuizen. He goes and, and barely beats a few players in Houston. So that's not exactly the, the taste you want to leave in your mouth now heading into the year's first major. When you look at how the, everything is stacking up, who would be your betting favorite? Now, you, you've looked at... Don't tell me you haven't looked at the odds. I know you. You've looked at the odds. Well, Jason Day is the, the odds... Is, is the is the favorite to win according to the odds. And that's that seems about right, considering... Welcome to Georgia, everybody, in case... Welcome Georgia. to Georgia. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Jason Day, yes, but I'm not sure I'd necessarily put down money on him because you're not going to get a whole lot of return on your investment. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Uh, I would say Phil. Last I saw, he was about 20 to 1. That's not outrageous. Um, I like a couple of those South Africans. You mentioned Charles Louis. Schwartz, I, mean, I was just going to go there. Played, obviously, one in, one in the Valspar Championship. You just don't know, Rex. He hasn't done anything in the United States except for the Valspar Championship. Does just returning to Augusta National stoke those good feelings once again? You don't know. When you look at the European scene, Obviously, it's been a couple years. Been a long time. Yeah, it's been, been a couple years since a European has won here. Is, is Rory pretty much it, or do or you see something further down the list that you like? You know, I would have said Justin Rose would, would be that guy, but he really just hasn't done much of anything this this year. It's been a surprise. He is just such, such a solid ball striker. Uh, his putting occasionally will let him down, but if he has a great putting week, I don't see any reason why uh, he can't be the one to, to break that European Route. And Graham McDowell has played well this season. I don't know if this is the golf course where I would pick a Graham McDowell. No, it would need to be really firm and fast for for him to for him to contend there. Along those same lines, I was talking with Zach Johnson. Danny Willett. Danny Willett. Baby now was that, just born. Now even that, with the baby born. Even with the baby born, he was in he was in England. He can get that all sorted out for a week. I think he's in good shape now. He hasn't gotten a lot of sleep. I, you haven't. You don't have any kids. You don't know how that works out. But you need to know. He hasn't gotten a lot of sleep. He can get a lot of sleep on that flight back over to the States. I know that. Uh, yeah, because he's not back in 36E like you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of Monday Scramble. We'll catch up with you down the road. I'm Rex Hogger for Ryan Labner. Down the road. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.